Hi, it's Jonathan Mosen. Today I'm going to take a look at the Audient Evo 16 audio interface. I've just got one of these amazing devices in my studio and other blind people have paved the way to make this possible. I can honestly say that the Audient range is the most accessible audio interface I have come across. And it's a good news story because it speaks to what can happen when there's goodwill on both sides of the partnership. Sometimes it can only take one dedicated developer to make a huge difference. In this case, Frank Chavez, a developer at Audience, took an interest in accessibility for blind people and worked with the blind community. In particular, Scott Chesworth, Tony Bart and Nick Jainak, among others, helped to make this astounding level of accessibility and functionality a reality. So let's start with first principles and talk about what an audio interface is. I guess in earlier, simpler times, we would have called these a sound card, and they tended to be inside your computer. These days, with the amount of digital production being done, audio interfaces can often be sophisticated external devices that connect via a USB port. They have physical connectors so that you can connect things like microphones, instruments, and line-in sources to record from or broadcast from those sources, And they also have outputs, so you can connect them to things, be it speakers or a mixer or simply headphones, so that you can play your audio back. At the time that I'm recording this, there are three Audient Evo interfaces. They do make another range as well, but it's the Evo that we're talking about today. The Audient Evo 4 has two analog inputs and two analog outputs. This means, for example, that you could use it to plug a couple of microphones into it and to connect to a pair of stereo speakers for playback. There's also the Evo 8, which has four analog inputs and four analog outputs. It also offers some digital inputs and outputs. And the Evo 16, which is a very special device, it has eight analog inputs and eight analog outputs. Two of those inputs are on the front of the device. Everything else is on the back. The ones on the front are special because not only can they be used as microphone or line inputs with their combi jacks, but they can also be used as instrument inputs. And we'll talk about how we toggle all these things in a little bit when we take a look at the interface of the hardware itself and the way you can control it in software. The outputs are standard 6.35mm or quarter inch balance jacks. There are two headphone sockets on the Evo 16, and one of the really cool things that we'll spend some time talking about is that you can send different mixes to different places. And with those headphone jacks, you can send a different mix to each jack. Now, I'm thinking more as a podcaster. Obviously, these devices can also be used to make music as well. But one podcast scenario I can immediately think of where this is useful is let's say that you are recording an interview with your Audient Evo 16 and you have these two headphone jacks. You've got your guest connected to one set of headphones plugged into one jack and then there's you monitoring the whole thing with your headphones. In your headphones, you may want to hear your screen reader so that you can query how long you've been recording for. Just make sure that in fact you still are recording because there's nothing worse than doing the great interview only to find that it didn't get recorded. You don't want your guest to be distracted when they're talking by hearing your screen reader in their headphones. So you can send a separate mix to your guest through that set of headphones that does not include where your screen reader is rooted to. There's ample digital input and output on the Evo 16 as well, and plenty of room for expansion in that regard. That's not something that I have had direct experience with, but if it interests you, you can, of course, check the specs. 
When I've heard people talk about some of the Audient Evo interfaces, I've heard people criticize the build quality. The Evo 16 is very solid. It's a big kahuna too. It's 354 by 285 millimeters. The Evo range has a reputation for being easy to use, and I don't think the Evo 16 isn't easy to use at all when you know what you're doing, but because there are so many inputs and outputs, it's obviously going to be a bit more complex than the smaller Evo range. There's no doubt that this Evo 16 is kind of on the extreme end of the spectrum, and if you don't know whether you need a device with all of these inputs and outputs, then you probably don't, and you'll probably find the Evo 4 and the Evo 8 much simpler to use. Nevertheless, what I have to show you today will apply to those other interfaces for the most part. Let's take a look at the layout of the front of the device. If you go past the combi jacks, which may well have something plugged into them if you've got the interface set up, you will find two buttons aligned vertically. The top one is input one and the bottom one is input two. Next, you've got another pair of buttons aligned vertically for inputs 3 and 4. Similarly, inputs 5 and 6, and finally, inputs 7 and 8. I'm going to keep going past input 7 on that top row of buttons, and next to input 7, we have a button for phantom power. Some microphones, usually condenser microphones, require phantom power, and so you'll need to press this button to get phantom power to the channel in question. We'll talk about how to do that in a moment. The next button on the top row, right above the LCD display, is the instrument button. And if you press this, then you're able to assign either or input one and two to be an instrument input. Going down to the bottom row, past the input eight button, you've got a large rectangular button. And this is the Smart Gain button. This is one of the coolest accessibility features of this device. So we're going to spend some time talking about Smart Gain. Then you have the LCD. On the right of the LCD is a physical dial, and it's the only physical dial on the device. The way that this works is that you press the button for what it is you want to control, and then you turn the dial. Let's say, for example that I wanted to adjust the microphone level for the microphone I'm using at the moment, which happens to be plugged into input three. I would press the input three button, and then when I turn the dial, it will adjust the volume of input three. This works with outputs as well. So if I press a button for one of the headphone jacks, then I can turn the dial and adjust the volume. It's a very straightforward, simple system to use. This concept also applies to certain buttons on the device. If you were to press, for example, input one and then the phantom power button, then phantom power would be applied to input one. Similarly, if you press input one and then the instrument button, then input one becomes an instrument input. On the top row next to the rotary dial is a speaker button, so you can press that, and then you can use the rotary dial to control your speaker volume if you use the interface in this way. And as the case with a lot of these buttons, you can press it down to mute it. Below that, you have a software programmable button. You can use this for various things, such as toggling to alternative speakers or activating the talkback feature. And no, there is no Android screen reader in here. In this case, talkback refers to being able to speak with somebody who you're working with in audio production. Finally, you've got standard quarter-inch headphone outputs here, and above each jack, you've got a button. So if you want to adjust the headphone volume, press the one in question, and then turn the rotary dial. Returning to inputs for a second, if you want to make any of them a stereo pair, 
you can press them both together. They obviously have to be logically aligned. So you can press one and two together. You can press three and four together, etc. And when you do that, they'll become a stereo pair as opposed to two separate mono channels. It's not impossible for a blind person to set good recording levels. You can use your ears if they're working well enough. There are also tools in various digital audio workstation applications that will give you feedback about your levels. But obviously it's good when these things can be as simple and efficient as possible. And the smart gain feature in the Evo range is just one of the coolest things. And I'll demonstrate how this works. I have my iPhone connected to my Evo 16 and I've deliberately set it at a very low level. Now it may not sound low to you because of the compression that we're using for the demo, but nevertheless I can promise you it is quite low and I've got a book here that I'm reading at the moment about the Boris Johnson Premiership and if I just do a bit of a scroll here, I can hear that, but it's actually quite soft. It's not optimal. What we're going to do is see if we can get Smart Gain to fix that. To make this go, we first press the Smart Gain button, the big rectangular one on the bottom of the device, and then we press the input that we want to adjust. In this case, I can press either input 5 or input 6 because I've got them linked as a stereo pair. And when I do that, I will need to have the iPhone say something so the Audient Evo 16 knows where to set the level. So let's try this. I will lean over and press the big button. So I've now pressed that. I'm going to now press 5. Then I'm going to push the Smart Gain button again. And I've got the iPhone reading now, but you're not hearing that because Smart Gain has gone away to do its thing. In a second, it should have got the level and it will come back and it should be a bit louder than it was. Probably quite a bit louder than it was. Should almost... With Johnson and strategizing the campaign. And it it's a lot Britain louder. Still be in the EU. It is as simple as that to set beautiful levels and you can do that as many times as you need and you don't have to go through one input or one pair of inputs at a time either. If things are going on in multiple inputs, just press the inputs you need. If things are going on in all the inputs, you can actually press and hold the Smart Gain button, and that'll all be selected. This is just one of those features where once you've used it for a while, you'd never want to go back. It is similar to the feature in the Vocaster, and I think it does a similar job. My thinking on the Vocaster is that it might be a little low, when it does its smart gain type feature. I haven't seen this with the Evo. It seems to be more on track in terms of what the level should be. Now we're going to take a look at the Evo software, which is very accessible. It's impressive. It is usable with JAWS, but it is not as intuitive to use with JAWS once you get into the Evo mixer as it is with NVDA. Hopefully this might be addressed by either party, Vespero or Audient, and I think you could get used to using it with JAWS if you knew the layout first. So if you use it with NVDA for a while and you're primarily a JAWS user and you just don't want to change screen readers to make an adjustment, you can get used to it. There's nothing you can't do. It's just not speaking quite as much in the same way as it is with NVDA. So I'm recording in Reaper and I'm actually using the Evo 16's loopback feature, which we'll talk about a little bit more later because this is a great feature for screen reader demos. 
I'm going to go to the system tray. In NVDA, we use the Windows method, and we'll press the Windows key with B. Show hidden icons button. I'll go right. Evo button 1 of 13. And I've made sure that the Evo application is not hidden because I'm using Windows 11. So you'll want to do that too. Go into the taskbar properties and just make sure that this is always visible in the system tray because you're going to use it a lot. Now we'll bring up the context menu. Evo window. And I'll go down. Show mixer. We're going to spend quite a lot of time in the mixer soon, but we'll explore what else is in this menu first. About Evo. Visit Evo knowledge base. Register product. Check for updates. Set a CO buffer size collapsed. Set sample rate collapsed. Set clock source collapsed. Input routing collapsed. That input routing might be a bit confusing for some. This refers to the loopback source. If you want to configure where loopback is recording from, you go in here. If you're not familiar with the concept of loopback, this is a way to set as an input an output on the audio interface. So let's say that you have your screen reader routed to outputs 1 and 2 of your Evo 16. And you want to record a screen reader demo. You want to set the loopback input to record from outputs 1 and 2 to pick up your screen reader. If you're using a multi-track editor like Reaper, then you could have your microphone in one track and this loopback feature in the other. But there's a lot more that you can do with loopback in the Evo 16. Loopback's not an uncommon feature these days. But with the Evo 16, you can do so much more than just assign a single stereo output to an input. Look in here. I'll go right. Evo window. 8 at 15 plus 16. Door 1 plus to checked. At the moment, I've got door 1 or DAW 1 and 2 checked. That means that anything I send to those virtual outputs will get recorded when I choose loopback as my source. Door 3 plus 4. Door 5 plus 6. Door 7 plus 8. Door 9 plus 10. Door 9 plus 10. It's not a physical output because there are only eight analog outputs on the device, but you can still have a DAW 9 and 10 virtual output. Master mix. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. You can have several mixes with the Evo 16. So you can create one mix that's your master mix. You can create several other mixes that you can have available to you at any time. So if for some reason you want to create a mix, which includes your microphone, your screen reader, something else, all on the one source, then you can do that by setting up a particular mix that way with just the things you want to record and then assigning that mix to be where your loopback records from. It's very powerful, but I do wonder how often you would use this feature because if you're using something like Reaper or any multi-track digital audio workstation, it is preferable to record everything on separate tracks. It's still really cool that you've got this option though. QA. So here are the different mixes. And really all this means is that you can have different levels, different things selected, different things deselected and muted, and you can choose from all of these mixes. QB, QC, QD, 8 at 15 plus 16. And now we're back around. Door 1 plus to check. And DAW 1 and 2 is checked. So I'm really impressed that you can actually choose different mixes as your loopback source. That really is very powerful. I'm going to press the Alt key to get out of this menu. And now we need to reinvoke the Evo software. Show hidden icons, but Evo button one of the Evo window. Show mixer. And now we're going to go into show mixer. Audio Mix channels, channels, channels are visible. What you heard there was some sappy speech that is coming from the software. 
When you have a screen reader running, the Evo software recognizes this and it will speak things through SAPI. I understand that with NVDA, there may also be a way to have what would normally be SAPI speech spoken through NVDA itself. At the moment, I'm just using SAPI speech. It happens to be the British eloquence speaking, and you will get some feedback. We'll show you more about that a bit later. I'm going to alt-tab into this because it doesn't seem to get focus. Now I'm going to tab around here. MIG 1 plus 2 edit, MIG 1 plus 2 read only toggle this object to change labeling. The first thing is the label of the channel. And we're now in a list of inputs. By default, this channel is called mic 1 and 2. I'll press the tab key. MIG 1 polarity, off toggle button off not pressed. You can reverse the polarity if you want, if you've got some phasing issues there. Normally you would not need to play with this. MIG 2 polarity, off toggle button off not pressed. Now, as you'll hear, Mic 1 and 2 are linked, and we'll get that confirmation as we continue to tab through this dialogue, because actually, although by default the label is called Mic 1 and 2, I've got it as a line input source going to my main mixer bus, because I'm using a mixer in my studio in addition to the audio interface. I'll talk more about whether you need a mixer or not a little bit later, because there's so much in here, spoiler alert, you probably don't, in most cases, need a mixer at all with an audio interface like this. Slider 0, MIG 1 pan slider. Because this is a stereo pair, we have two sliders. The first is set at 0 for mic 1, in other words, the left channel. Slider 1, MIG 2 pan slider. And the second is set to 1 all the way to the right for the right channel. You can use the arrow keys to play with this. You probably don't want to if you've got a stereo pair like I have. Solo toggle button off, not pressed MIG 1 plus 2 solo button off. If you solo this for the mix that you have selected, and currently the master mix is selected, we'll show you the master section a bit later, then this will be the only channel you hear. Where this could be useful is if you're trying to make fine adjustments, you just want to make sure that it's working correctly and you just need everything else to be quiet. Press tab. Mute toggle button off, not pressed MIG 1 plus 2 mute button off. I guess this is the antithesis of the other one. <laughs> you can also mute this channel if you need to. Checkbox not check read only MIG 1 clipping indicator off. NVDA, and for that matter, any screen reader, will identify this as a checkbox, but you can't toggle it, you can't do anything with it, but it's telling you that there's no clipping going on at the moment. For those not familiar with that, clipping is a bad thing. It means that you're overloading your audio interface, you're sending it too much signal, there's a possibility that you could get distortion. We don't want clipping. Now, you heard the sappy speech talking a bit earlier. What is really cool is that if you leave this software in the background, just alt-tab away and do what you're doing with Reaper or your broadcasting software, or whatever you choose to use, if any of your inputs clip, you'll be told. You'll hear which input is clipping. It will tell you this and it will use the sappy voice by default to tell you that. Checkbox not check read only mic 2 clipping indicator off. There's the other one for mic 2, because remember we've got a stereo pair at this point. Slider minus 128 mic to channel fader. That is the fader for the channel. If you bring this fader up in the mix, then you will hear the output of this channel on whatever mix is currently selected. Right now for me, that is the master mix. Because I am using a mixer, I don't need to hear my microphone 
because I've got zero latency monitoring thanks to my mixer. But chances are, if you're using a microphone, you will want to hear it, and so you can set this volume to a comfortable level for you. Mic 1 Phantom Power Off Button I'm using Mic 1 and 2 actually as a line-in source anyway, so we certainly don't want phantom power going there. Mic 1 Gain Slider Minus 1 Mic 1 Gain Slider This is the gain slider for the microphone. In other words, how much signal is it getting in the input stage? And I've had this set automatically by Smart Gain, so I'm not going to change it, but I can use my arrow keys to give it a bit of a boost if I need to, or to turn the microphone down. Now keep in mind, you can also do this on the device itself, just by tapping the Mic 1 button and then turning the dial. And if you do that, then the change will be reflected here and you will hear that change spoken by the software. Inst button. Now, if we press this button, then it will turn Mic 1 into an instrument input. We definitely don't want to do that. But you see, all these things that we looked at in hardware before are controllable in software. Very cool. Mic 2 Phantom Power Off button. Mic 2 Gain Slider minus 1 Mic 2 Gain Slider. And you'll notice that both are set to the identical level because it's a stereo pair of minus one. This is very good because if you've got analog controls, sometimes it can be really difficult to get the absolute perfect balance when you're trying to record from a stereo source. But with smart gain and the ability to link these channels, it is so simple to get exactly the level that you want. Inst button. Stereo button, stereo button. Mic 1 and Mic 2 are joined in stereo mode. Toggle this button to split them in mono mode. That's a key feature here that inputs 1 and 2, which it calls Mic 1 and 2, and you can apparently change the label for those if you want to, are currently linked as a stereo pair. That's what I intend, so that's really good. If I press tab now... Mic 3 edit, Mic 3 read only toggle this object to change labeling. These are all very similar, except Mic 3 is actually a microphone. It's going through an insert jack of my mixer so that I can bypass my mixer and record directly from this microphone. Where this is useful, for those who are interested, is that when I'm doing live broadcasting, I can go and record conversations and do other things while music is playing. It's really cool. So Mic 3 is just an ordinary mono mic source. Do I have to tab through all of these things just to get to the next one? No, I don't. I can press Control tab and it will jump me to the next channel. Mic 5 plus 6 container. I've jumped to Mic 5 and 6. So does that mean that I'm wrong and that Mic 3 and 4 were linked as a stereo pair? Well, I can just shift tab now and verify. Mono button, mono button. Mic 3 and Mic 4 are in mono mode. Toggle this button to join them in stereo mode. Good on you, Daniel. It's in mono mode, according to him. So they are separate channels, and I can link them if I want just by pressing this button, pressing enter on it. Remember, too, that you can do the same thing on the device itself by pressing buttons three and four for the inputs together. Mic 5 plus 6 container. There's the inputs 5 and 6. Mic 7, Mic 8 container. And the analogs 7 and 8. PC 1 plus 2 container. PC1 plus 2 edit, PC1 plus 2 read only toggle this object to change labeling. We have a set of five stereo outputs here going from PC1 all the way up to PC10. And there's something important to understand about this if you have used older or perhaps simpler audio interfaces. Often you'll find 
that the only thing that you can do with some older audio interfaces is to use them in what I would describe as a pretty linear fashion. So if you send something to outputs one and two in Windows, it will come through outputs one and two on the back of the device, on the analog device. Now you can do that. And in fact, that's what I've done because I'm using this Evo 16 in conjunction with a mixer because of my broadcasting work. And I just want to have faders in front of me when I'm broadcasting live. It's really important. It's a great use case. But you don't have to use it that way, and most people don't. You do not really need a mixer in most circumstances with this Evo 16 because it has such good routing and mixing functionality built right in. So the workflow is that you would create multiple mixes and then you decide which outputs should receive each mix. So you might, for example, have the master mix sent to inputs one and two. You might have mix QA, for example, sent to outputs three and four. What you might want to do is in your master mix, you might not want your screen reader so you can have all your music, all the sources that you might play from. Maybe you listen to internet radio or Spotify or whatever it might be. And you have those on a set of really awesome speakers. You might create a second mix that just includes an output that your screen reader is routed to. So that will be a virtual output. For example, you might even have your screen reader set to door 9 and 10. Then you can go and create an alternative mix, any of the mixes that are available. You can pick one and decide, in that mix, I just want my screen reader. And I'm going to route that mix, just containing my screen reader, to a set of the outputs on the back of the device. And I'll just plug a really tinny speaker into those outputs. Because sometimes if you let your screen reader play through your really big, high-quality music speakers, it can sound a bit boomy and bassy, and you just get far too much screen reader. This way, you can keep your good speakers for the good stuff and send a separate mix to another set of outputs just containing your screen reader. It really is very powerful, and that's just the beginning, really. Your imagination is the only limit. So I'll continue to tab through here. Slider zero PC one pan slider. What we've got here is a pan slider. Slider one PC two pan slider. And we've seen this before. It's a stereo pair. So the left one is panned hard left. The right one is panned hard right. Solo toggle button off not pressed PC one plus two solo button off. We can solo it again. Mute toggle button off not pressed PC one plus two mute button off. And mute it. Checkbox not check read only PC one clipping indicator off. Checkbox not check read only PC2 clipping indicator off. Slider minus 128 PC to channel fader. At the moment, this volume is set all the way down, which means that on the master mix, you will not hear anything from this channel. The reason for that is that I'm using a mode called door through or DAW through mode, and I'll show you that soon. If you want to hear anything that's sent from Windows to this channel, then you want to make sure that fader is up. You can, of course, have different mixes, and we'll cover that in a minute. Stereo button, stereo button. PC1 and PC2 are joined in stereo mode. Toggle this button to split them in mono mode. PC3 plus 4 edit PC3. Now we're on to PC3 and 4 if I press Control tab PC5 plus 6 container. P we're on to the next one and Control tab again. PC7 plus 8 container. PC7 plus 8 edit PC7 plus 8 read only toggle this object. And we'll Control tab again. PC9 plus 10 container. 
PC9 plus 10 edit PC9 plus 10 read only to This confused me when I got the Evo 16 because there are eight analog outputs, but here we have a PC9 and 10 option. This is because you're not constrained by how many analog outputs there are. You can send this anywhere you want to. Master section. Button toggle this button to switch to master mix. Now we are on the master section, and this is where we determine what mix we're controlling. At the moment, we've been controlling the master mix. And if I were to change to another mix, then all the changes that I make, such as the ones we've just been through with the mic inputs and all the other things we've looked at, will pertain to another mix. So I'll press tab. Master mix edit master mix read only toggle this object to change master mix labeling. Checkbox not check read only master mix left clipping indicator off. We've got clipping for the master mix as well. So you will find when the whole thing is clipping. Checkbox not check read only master mix right clipping indicator off. Button toggle this button to switch to QA. This is our second mix, which is called QA. You can use this for anything you want. So if I were to press enter, then my view will change and I'll be controlling the QA mix. All the changes that I make won't affect the master mix. It'll affect the QA mix. How do we then work with that QA mix? I'll show you that in a little bit. QA edit QA read only toggle this object to change S toggle button off not pressed QA unso load. Button toggle this button to switch to QB. Now we can switch to QB. QB edit QB read S toggle button off not press QB unso load. Button toggle this button to switch to QC. And so on. QC S toggle button. Button toggle this button to switch to QD. QD edit S toggle button. Mix channels not visible, toggle button on press. All right, so we've got four mixes there, QA, QB, QC, and QD. They're not for anything specific. You can assign them to where you want them to go. I promise we'll get to that. Now we can specify which controls are visible. Up top, mix channels not visible, toggle button on press, mix channels visible. It's a little bit verbose, but the key is the end there where it says that mic channels are visible. If you don't want to play with these, then you can toggle them off and they won't appear in this application. You can, of course, come back to this master section and toggle them on at any time. Up toggle button off not press digital channels not visible. I don't have any digital inputs and outputs to worry about, so I've toggled those off to make the interface less cluttered. Door channels not visible toggle button on press door channels visible. You can also make the DAW channels invisible. I don't want to do that. TB button. This is the button for the talkback feature where you can speak to somebody that you might be working with. Mon button. This will put everything into mono quickly. Alt button. This toggles the alt speaker mode. Dim button. This will dim the volume. Cut button. Settings button. And now we're at the settings button. Before I go there, because there's another way to get there, I should mention that we do have a menu bar. If I tap the Alt key, not a sausage. Nothing happens. I think this is a characteristic of applications written with the Juice framework. So you do have to use first letter navigation to get the menu. I'll press Alt F. Evo window. And now I can down arrow. Open. Save. What are we opening and saving? You can save presets. It is a busy interface. And if you want to, when you've got everything configured just the way you like, you can save your settings. You can also save multiple presets if you want to quickly load things when you need to. There's also a standalone mode when you're using the interface not connected to a computer, which will preserve settings for working in standalone mode. Close. Quit. Open. Now if I right arrow. Evo window. Show analog inputs checked. We're on the view menu. 
Show digital inputs. Show door returns checked. Show mic pre-controls checked. That's not checked by default, but I like all the mic options visible, so I've toggled that on. Show system panel. And we're going to go into the system panel in a moment. Show analog inputs checked. All right. Now fire right arrow. Evo window. Set a CO buffer size collapsed. We've seen this before. You can set the ACO buffer size here. Set sample rate collapsed. And the sample rate. Set clock source collapsed. Input routing collapsed. That's the loopback we talked about before. Store standalone state. And this is where you can store the standalone state, which I've just talked about when you're not using this with a computer, when you might be on the road, for example. Set a CO buffer size collapsed. And now we've wrapped around. There's also another menu here where you can check the Evo knowledge base check for updates as well, which is important. And when I installed the software, there was a firmware update for the audio interface and you can get help as well. Let's go back into the view menu. Evo window. And I'll up arrow. Show system panel. Because we're going to go to show system panel. My understanding is that this system panel is not available in smaller Evo products. There is another mix you can get with the smaller Evo products. Scott Chesworth and Tony Bard have done a very good YouTube walkthrough of some of this, and I highly recommend it if you have one of the smaller Evo products or you're interested in them. System panel window. Checkbox check read only digital input one. ADAT. System panel window. This is a very busy screen, but I'm just going to tab through it and explain some of it. Checkbox not check read only digital input one. SPDIF. These settings pertain to the digital I.O., so I'm just going to skip them for now. Checkbox check read only digital input. Checkbox not check read only digital. Checkbox check read only digital out. Checkbox not check read only digital. Checkbox check read only digital output two. Checkbox not check read only digital. Checkbox check read only preferred clock source. Checkbox not check read only preferred clock. Checkbox not check read only preferred clock source. Radio button not check mono mode left. We found the mono mode button in the main interface. And this controls what happens when you press it. If you choose this radio button, then the mono mode will just play the left channel of everything. I'll tab. Radio button check mono mode center. This is checked at the moment, and it's probably what you want because it essentially turns both channels of a stereo source into mono. You get both left and right made mono. Radio button not check mono mode right. And then we've got mono mode right, where it just gives you the right channel. Slider minus 15 dim level slider. This determines the dB reduction that the audio interface will apply when you press the dim button. And there is a way of programming the software button so that that dim button's right available to you. Slider zero alt trim slider. Analog outputs. Selected toggle button on pressed. This is whether the analog or the digital outputs are selected. Analog is selected at the moment. Digital outputs 1.8 toggle button off not. Digital are not. Digital outputs 9.16 toggle button off not pressed. And the digital outputs 9 to 16 are not pressed. Talkback toggle button off not pressed. And we're not going to worry about the talkback feature at the moment. 1 plus 2 stereo button. Let's have a look at what happens to inputs 1 and 2. And it's mentioned that they are stereo. If I press enter, I can unlink them from this screen. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to main mix. This determines where analog outputs 1 and 2 pick up their audio from. We can choose main mix. You'll notice that is not selected at the moment. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to old SPK. Now there's also an alt speaker option. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to QA. And then we look at these Q mixes. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to QB. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to QC. Checkbox not check read only outputs 1 plus 2 routing to QD. 
So you can have the alternative speakers or Q, A, B, C, and D. And this just means that if we were to choose any of these options, then the mix that we've chosen will come through that first pair of analog outputs. I think in an ideal world, it would have been better if these were radio buttons, because typically with checkboxes, you can select multiple checkboxes. That's not possible here. Only one checkbox can be selected at a time. None of these is checked. Why is that? Checkbox check read only outputs one plus two routing to door through. Because I've got the door through mode selected. You probably don't want to use this unless you are sending audio from the Evo 16 to an external device. And I am, I'm sending it to my mixer. So in my case, what I want is for each pair of analog outputs to simply take what's coming in from the PC so that I can have them on separate faders on my mixer. If you don't have a mixer, and I think the use cases would be very few for you to require a mixer with something as powerful as this, you may not ever want to worry about the routing to door through. There's no processing here. And when you choose this option, you get a warning that this could be very loud. And it is. There's plenty of output gain on this thing, which is wonderful. So now I'll tap 3 plus 4 stereo button. You don't seem to be able to control tab in the screen. So it is a bit laborious to tab through. Checkbox not check read only outputs 3 plus 4 routing to main mix. And similarly, we can tab through and make sure that those analog outputs, those physical analog outputs, are routed to the mix that we select. Once again, I've got the door through selected so that it works well with my mixer. The final thing I will show you about this is the clipping indicator in action. The way I'm going to demonstrate this without breaking your ears is that I recorded deliberately earlier with my iPhone at a very quiet level, and we use the smart gain feature to get sufficient gain. That means that there's plenty of gain if I turn my iPhone up. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have the iPhone read something. I'm going to turn it up, and you will hear what happens, the warning that we get. I will not include this in the recording because it's going to be loud and horrible and distorted, but we'll see if we can trip the clipping notification. Mic 5 is, mic 6 is clipping. And because they're a stereo pair, we got warnings about mic 5 and mic 6, which is where I have my iPhone connected clipping. It is such a useful feature. I cannot tell you how impressed I am with this. It really has taken my studio to a new accessible level. I want to thank Audient for being so cool about all of this and committed to accessibility. And also thanks to all the blind people who made this happen, who put in the work, who sat down with Audient, who were willing to listen. Well done to all involved. That's the Audient Evo 16. And even if you don't need this big brother of a thing, do check out the smaller ones in the range because they're even easier and simpler to use with fewer options, and they just work, especially with features like Smart Gain, the accessible clipping indicator, and software that's such a joy to use.